Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with episode number 49 of The Yacking Show, one away from our mid-century of 50. We talk about life, business, and more, and we bring you tips and ideas for the changing world we're living in, and it's certainly changing every day at the moment. As always, we have a lineup of interesting guests for you. Today is no exception, but first I must welcome my co-host, the beauty part of Beauty and the Beast on this show, and hello to Kathleen. Oh, goodness, Peter. Thank you so much for that intro, and thank all of you for joining us, and we so do appreciate you tuning into the show, and as well, we appreciate your comments, so please keep them coming, and uh, if any of you is interested in uh, being a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out to Peter or myself. And as Peter mentioned, we do have a, a special guest. She's been with us before, and we're happy to have her back. Her name is Lucy Fournier. She is a personal coach, a business coach, a disability management coach. We'll get into that in a moment. But first, welcome, Lucy. How are you, Lucy? I'm great, Kathleen. Thank you so much for uh, having me back on again. I guess I didn't do too bad of a job the first time, right, Peter? No, not bad at all. Quite a few views and we all learned stuff. So that was absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, Lisa, so Lucy, why don't you start off by uh, reminding our audience uh, about what you do and your bit, a little bit about yourself and your background. Okay. Um, well, I've been a registered nurse for over 35 years. Um, but more recently, in the last five years, um, I've done uh, Jack Canfield Success Principle uh, coaching program. And um, despite coaching people for 35 years in my nursing uh, field, um, I really wanted to focus on coaching as a um, little bit of a retirement uh, um, type of um, business. And so um, I've gone into coaching and uh, I enjoy um, being with people and helping them make the next move in their life. Um, and that's, that's pretty much all there is to know about me. <laughs> is, coaching, is coaching different now than it used to be? Um, I don't think so. Um, the, the issue I think for me right now, um, just because of our global time, is that I think it's a really awesome opportunity to take advantage of coaching. Um, I think people are kind of sitting back and waiting a little bit about making any moves in their lives, but it's a, I think a really grand opportunity now to make some changes. So I guess my answer is really yes and not necessarily no. Um, but um, I, I think it's important that we're always, because we are changing on a daily basis, despite our global situation, um, we just need to keep making those changes as life goes on and not stop because we're in this situation. Good. What about <clears throat> your view on, on the changes that you have to make because of the pandemic that's coming on? Does that change your approach to coaching, Lucy? Um, I, don't, uh, I don't think so. Uh, I'm really keen on bringing clarity to people's lives. I, and I think, I think people have always had this underlying feeling that they should make some changes in their life. But it's always that should I, shouldn't I kind of thing, you know, and then we put it back on the, on the back burner and then it comes back to haunt us again and should I, shouldn't I kind of thing. And I think really um, now is the time to just have a look at all that. I think we're in this situation now so that we can have a really good realistic look 
of, of the situation we're in and make some good decisions. I mean, if we're still putting it on the back burner, that's okay, but are we looking at it is really the bigger question. That's right. And, and uh, I, from what I gather, talking to a lot of people, uh, the current situation is uh, motivating them more than ever to look at changes. And, and just one example, I'm seeing lots of people have found working people with jobs like we do working from home, they don't have to be in the office. So suddenly, the whole idea of living out in the country, as long as there's good internet, not only becomes more attractive, but it suddenly becomes possible and practical. That's just one change that I'm hearing about. What, what more do you hear of? Well, and, you know, and I've been such a huge advocate, Peter, on small businesses and people owning their own business. Right. I think we, we reach our own dreams and our own goals in life by owning our own business. But if we can work for an employer, we can definitely work for ourselves, right? Um, and you're right. I mean, I'm in the country as well, like you are and, uh, and Kathleen, and it's like the schedule's ours to make, and it's not, um, it's not a light schedule. Like, we're, I'm, we're busy all day long. Sure. Um, but... It's to reach out to know that you can actually have that for yourself. Um, so I, I think what's happening is that people are starting to realize, what do I really, really want? Um, so there are, they are making the change, some of them, and some of them are still kind of on the fence. And of course, there's always the ones that, will, that won't change. So yep. we still have that kind of um, balance going on. But I think if we're to look at what's really been happening is that we, need, we do need to make changes in our lives. And, and you can pick the area you need to make a change in. Uh, but for those of us that are still working, it's a really big topic of conversation. You know, do I still work for this employer that I have to travel in? Or do I actually, you know, start my own business because it's something I've always wanted to do? Sure. Kathleen, you had something similar to that to ask Lucy. Well, if, if someone's looking at possibly, or they have even pre-pandemic, wanting or having a dream of starting their own company, would you encourage them to do that now or perhaps wait? No, I would encourage them to do that now. And I think what's because everything is a very um, unsettled, so you know, that's how people are feeling. I think it's a great opportunity while you have a job to start the start the move, you know, like start to think in your mind, what can I do to get that going? I have a job, it's you know, it's relatively safe, or a lot of people lost their jobs too, right? Um, but uh, I'll go from a personal experience where you know, starting a business in homeopathy, which is where I was going, uh, I felt it was very tough to do that. And so I ended up giving that up and going to the full-time job. And then just, and here I am today in, in the middle of all this going, I should have just followed through on that, right? And so um, I think we have to look at, there's, there's never going to be a really great time for big life decisions. I think it's that you need to take the leap of faith and just go, if that's what's in your heart. And I think if it's really in your heart, it's really something you want. I think we can attract that. And um, I think there's no question that it might be a little bit of bumpy roads or, you know, you can get some moments or some long moments where you're really scared. But in the end, it's worth it to get to where you want to go, for sure. So if you're working with someone, um, Lucy, that's hoping to transition into their own business and, and make that happen, are there specific steps you would suggest they follow um, before actually taking the leap and quitting either their job or if they're starting something new, is there specific steps that you would suggest that they take? Yeah, I think that they need to have a very clear vision as to where they're going. So we could all say we want to be um, a magician, let's just say. But what does it take to be the magician? So, you know, there's the experience, there's the schooling, um, there's where can we get the clients. So there's a lot of skill set when you're on your own business. So 
So things like, you know, what we're talking about today or marketing, um, you know, Facebook pages, all that information is, is to, you know, make this really long list of what do I need to know? And then, you know, learn that as you go along or have some of those skills already in place. But it's, um, I think it's very much a systematic approach. That's how I like to do it. Um, that was my, my first choice though for me was I jumped off the cliff and I just did it. So that was a little scary for a single mom of two children, but I did it and I did very, very well. The second time I went to do it, I didn't jump off the cliff. I thought I should have this systematic approach going. So it really becomes a, a really individual comfort zone. Like how much do you need to know before you can let go, right? And, and some of us are just a little wild and crazy. We'll just let it all go and, and you know, and do it. But there's a, you know, most of us want to have a little bit more of a stable um, approach to it, a more system approach to it, so that we feel like we can have beat all the odds of, of failing, right? Just just extend that one. A lot of people recently have not had the option. They've been pushed off the cliff, right, because of this pandemic. And uh, they have to get moving. They can't sit back and just learn and just analyze. They've got to do right. something like tomorrow to start paying the bills. So, so what do you suggest for the people in that position? Hit the ground running. Yep. Yeah, and I, and I was not in a, in a very different position. About 20 years ago, I was being um, downsized. I had two young children. I was on my own. It's like, okay, do I... You know, what do I do? I can go grab another job or it's time for me to do the, what I've always wanted to do, which was to have my own business. And so, yeah, I, I, you know, I built a backup plan. And what's the worst case scenario? Might have to go live with my parents <laughs> with two young children, but it never materialized to that because I was determined to make it work. So I was working on that business, you know, 10, 12 hours a day to make it work. And so, you know, part of the whole thing is you, you have to invest a lot of yourself and your time to get a business yeah. going. And what are you prepared to give up in the meantime? And I think that's a really big question to ask. Sure. That's a big question. Yeah. yeah. M moving on, Lucy, we hear this term, which to me is an oxymoron, the new normal. Uh, if it's new, then it can't really be normal. But that's the phrase that's being bandied about. So what, what do you understand from that phrase? I might add. I don't know. It's just uh, I have to interject because we're we're. I don't know what your opinion is, and we'll hear about that in a moment, Lucy. But it's it's something that uh, I'm finding more and more grating on minor <laughs> new normal. <Yeah>. No, <laughs> let's not accept this as normal. <laughs> what are, what are your thoughts? Well, the question is, what's normal, anyways? You know, I mean. Normal is very an, an individual kind of question. Oh. What's normal to me could be not normal to you, right? Um, so I think in the new normal, like who wants to buy into that? I don't want to buy into that, you know? Um, I don't like the phrase at all. I think we need to say, what is our life? What do you want your life to look like tomorrow or the day after? Um, this is not, we don't have to call it normal because I, I, I don't think I'm a normal person by any stretch of the imagination. And I really like to not be called normal, you know, so I don't want to fall into that trap, but I think it's a really big kind of a gimmick that's being set out there for everybody yeah. to kind of feel comfortable. And it's like, who are you kidding? It's not me. Right. And, um, and I think people need to look at, do you want to just fall into the, to the mainstream, what everybody else is doing, or do you want to forge ahead and make your own path to where you want to go? And there's two Absolutely. different kinds of people in the world, right? Yeah, no, good one. I like that. <laughs> Back to you, Kathleen. <laughs> um, how have you personally handled 
this uh, this time, Lucy, how have you navigated through these seas in the last several months with the pandemic? Oh, I've done a lot of my usual thing, which, to, which is to hide <laughs> from the world. <laughs> no, um, I've never been a TV watcher or a news watcher, so I've stayed away from the from the media. Um, even when I do my Facebook pages, I'm not reading the, you know, the media, the news at all, because there is nothing that's coming out that's very truthful or accurate. Um, there's all kinds of opinions. And, the, and this kind of keeps us all off balance when we don't have the consistent message coming out uh, and you get all these, you know, the answer could be 20 different things. Where do you go with that? We just get very confused very scared, and so that doesn't allow us to move forward. It makes us more stuck in our position. Mm -hmm. So I don't do any of that. I don't pay attention to any of that. And the conversations about people who aren't really, first of all, um, educated enough to say, hey, you know, the mask is a good thing, or the mask is not a good thing. It's like, I'm not having those conversations. We all have an opinion, but that's not the issue. The issue really is, you know, what, am I, what have I done during this time period? And I've decided to, um, continue my business full force ahead. I've not stepped back. Um, obviously going out, uh, socializing has been significantly reduced and that's fair. Um, I'm a bit of a hermit anyway, so that didn't really bother me as much, but I ended up going back into that, that one regret that I had in the last few years. And I, I have spent the last three months finishing off my homeopathy and waiting for my registration to come into place. And I'm going to be moving forward in that business completely. So I've taken this opportunity while I'm running a business to start another business. Um, and the Fournier coaching has been running as well. So I've been really busy looking at myself and going, what do I see my future like? What do I want in my life? And I don't want someone to dictate that to me. I don't want the media to say, this is the rest of my life. And this new normal is going to be for everybody. I'm going, yeah, I'm not buying into that. I'm going, what do I personally want? And I'm making that decision and then going forward with that. So it's a little bit like I'm not paying attention too much to it. I'm just going, what do I want for me? And going for it. You know, Lucy, I, I, I know you because, and I know that you're such a courageous lady and you do forge ahead. And I have such respect for you uh, because of that. But getting back to business coaching it for a moment, and you know, you're very encouraging of people that want to pursue their own businesses to just do it. But what about that person that is so so riddled with fear around that of taking of taking that giant leap of making of taking a risk? How would you how would you coach them through that? I think it's, and I'm not much different. I mean, I can say after I've gone through it, this is what I've done, but it's, it's about taking one step at a time. It's about doing what you're comfortable with, but it's also knowing that the fear is, the, is there and it's going to stop you from moving forward and then to bite into that fear a little bit. And so my, you know, the Fournier Coaching's philosophy right now is to lean into life. It's like, I don't want to sit back here anymore. I want to lean into it. How much of it can I go forward with? And, it, and it's really an individual thing. I might look like I'm going a lot, at it a lot faster than maybe you and Kathleen, but we're still going to get there, mm -hmm. right? And it's not a race. It's about what step can you take today to get you forward? And um, it doesn't matter that it's slow. It just matters that you're moving. And that's my philosophy. So a little bit of time is perfectly fine. Um, and And that's great. It'll get you where you need to go. But those of us that sit in fear, and what can you do when you sit in fear and don't want to move at all? It's just about what little thing can you do to feel like you've moved? And 
that's just perfectly fine too. Mm, excellent. Mm -hmm. Back to you, Peter. Just picking up on that, I, I think you, I'm not pointing fingers at anyone in particular, but when I look at a lot of the coaching inverted commas, because not your coaching, but lifestyle advice that we see on the internet sort of gives people the impression that it doesn't matter who you are, you can succeed at virtually any type of business on your own. And, and the reality of it is not everybody can succeed at every type of business, right? So I, I hear what you're saying, and I, but I think my, my experience has been that some people will not overcome the fear to move in a certain direction, and it might be totally destructive for, for them to be pushed in that direction, but they might be very confident, competent, and comfortable eventually, and successful in a different direction, and not one that's publicly promoted as much. Any thoughts on that? Well, I think it's... Um my, my feeling is this, if you're feeling like you're stuck or you're feeling like there's a lot of fear stopping you from moving forward, that's when I think it's really important to reach out, mm -hmm. to um, talk to a coach. Because, you know, when we feel the fear, we tend to be cluttered or confused. There's a lot of fog there because the fear puts it up in front of us, right? And if you can have like one session with a coach and just clear the way, clear the fog, so you can have a list of things to go and do, then that's helpful. Sure. But I agree with you, Peter. We're not all good at doing, I don't, I mean, I would never be really great at doing a podcaster's job like yours. Like, yeah, no. Well, I beg to differ. I <laughs> beg. Yeah, I, I was going to say that too, but anyway. <laughs> um, but I think it's also, it's like, you're, you want to find that one thing that just makes your heart sing and you're good at it anyways. You know, so it's really about not doing the things that people think will get you to the business that'll make you a ton of money. It's about doing the thing that, that warms up your heart. And, Absolutely. And the wealth comes from doing it because you love it and it resonates with you. And, and that's a really healthy and financially best spot to, to start a business. But if you're going to go do a business, somebody says it's really great, like, I don't know what, I don't even know what that is anymore, but um, something that doesn't resonate with you, then I'd say don't. don't. Because if, if your heart's not in it, it's just not going to work. No, 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 you're so, right there. So what are the advantages of working with a coach then? I, I think the coach for me, because uh, I've, I've had a coach uh, uh, all the way through my entire business. So and I've been in business well over 20 years and I've had different coaches for different reasons as well. Um, and I think it depends on what you're looking for. But the, one of the things that I found very, um, very useful for me was the clarity that that coach was able to bring to me. Because you can get muddled up in your own process that's not really turning the way other people might think, you know, or you think linearly, or they may think more broad, you know. So it's, it's the perspective that they bring to you that helps. Yeah. Because you can just go in circles and circles about what you want to do. Um, but somebody who's totally objective can come in and go, but did you think about this? Or did you think about that? And you're kind of going, no, I didn't, right? So it's just that, that one person that's completely objective, has a totally different perspective, and can shine the light on where, you're, you know, where you're the fear is or where you're stuck. And enough that it will show you the road, even for another kilometer even, or another 10 feet. It doesn't really sure. matter, but it gets you moving, right? Well, yeah. I say this to our audience for a fact because you and I have had long discussions and you've coached me and I, I just, I think the world of you, Lucy, because you've been able to just 
just been able to put some perspective on my views and help me navigate where I needed to go. And just, uh, you've been so helpful. So I thank you for that. Peter? I appreciate it. I got one to ask you, and, and I'm sure many of our, in our audience would be interested in your answer to this one. What's the difference between coaching and counseling? Well, I find counseling is, um, it's more, uh, there's two, there's two, okay. So counseling for me is, going back in your past and dealing with things that happened to you when you were younger. So, um, you know, whether it's happened at school or happened in a relationship In coaching, I've always found it to be very forward movement. Mm -hmm. You don't have to grab the past to bring it with you, which seems, sometimes feels like a bit of an anchor, right? It's like, it's like, you know, deciding and going this way and not looking backwards. And I had this, uh, I said this expression the other day to somebody and it was like, we're not looking in the rearview mirror when we're driving our car. Sure. So stop, right? We're, we're looking through the front and that's coaching and counseling for me, the two. Mm -hmm. Now I think they're both very, very important and not to demean one over the other. Counseling, obviously for people that need more help um, or who, you know, maybe need, um, you know, more medical treatment, definitely counseling is very, very important. But I tend to want to inspire people and empower them to move forward not to kind of go back in their in their background to fig figure out where they got here. Right. Um, so it depends on, you know, some people like the counseling, but for me, coaching has always helped me propel myself forward. And I like that. Interesting. And yeah. coaching is generally one-on-one, -on -one, but counseling, I'm thinking of a branch like marriage counseling would be one-on-two, right? Right. Well, you can have more than one person in the in the coaching group as well. Sure. Uh, sure. So some of my programs, or all of them actually, um, you can have, do it one on one, or you can get a group of friends or family together, or a group of people you don't know. And if we're all talking, you know, about the same thing, like starting a small business, you know, um, sure. they're fine to all get together. If you want it to be much more customized and individual, then yes, the one on one makes a lot more sense. More sense. Sure. <clears throat> yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. I know I wanted to ask you something else in a moment, but I think Kathleen might have something before that. Do you? Well, I was just going to, I was just thinking about the coaching business versus personal. Can you chat a little bit about personal coaching? And so when would somebody come to you for personal coaching? Okay. Um, I actually have two programs for personal coaching. So one is called personal and the other one's called mindfulness where we have so much going on in our minds that we have trouble to, to keeping it empty. But personal for me is about uh, more personal goals, as in I want to change my career or maybe I want to leave my husband or um, I want to go back to school. So it becomes more of a goal-oriented um, coaching. So it's about helping that person move forward in, in achieving those goals. Where the mindfulness coaching for me has been about just me, myself, and I. So um so how i feel today emotionally or mentally and having that no big issues going on other than just i want to love myself more i want to do more for myself i want to put myself first um so that's how i define the two they're they're obviously both about you but one is more goal oriented whereas the other one is just um taking care of me putting myself first okay got yeah. it what i wanted to ask you was um in the times we live in right at the moment um Two questions in one, in fact. What would you tell people to do more of and what would you tell people to do less of? And I can think of a couple of good ones in the second part of that, but I'm over to you. You tell us your thoughts on that. Well, I just uh, had a conversation with somebody about this the other day and, and I'm a strong believer in journaling. 
Um, so I, I, I strongly recommend that people get up a little bit earlier um, in the morning, so even a half an hour, and just write. Write what's in, in their mind, mm -hmm. um, how are they feeling, and what's going to go on for the day, but just, just write. Um, and then do that every morning, because I think that half hour to yourself without distraction, getting the thoughts onto paper, I think it provides clarity. It allows you to, to tap into your intuition, into what you're feeling in your heart. And I think that journaling is so important. You can go back for you know, weeks or months later and um, see what you've written and see your progress. Um, and I was saying this to somebody the other day, and I tell my kids this, when I die, um, you'll see hundreds of journals in my house. Don't read any of them. <laughs> just put them in a bonfire and light a match because it's not a good, it's just their intimate thoughts. Um, but it's helped me progress. All right. And so there's not enough time or people aren't taking enough time to introspectively go inside themselves and ask themselves the question. You know, we're always going for an answer here or reading something there to, to feed us. But the answers are always within us. Um, but we don't spend enough time asking ourselves, what is it, right? Yeah. Um, and so that would lead to my other, to your other question, which is what would you, you know, tell people to stop doing it? It's like, I think it's really about listening to everybody else. Yeah. I think it's about finding your own truth. I, I think it's about being authentic to yourself. And that, that does not require somebody else to answer that question for you. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. So it's, yep. it's really about taking the time to um, spend some time quietly with yourself and I think for me, I, I write because otherwise my thoughts just go around and around in circles. So the writing helps me put it on a piece of paper and it's done. And then I can move on with my day. Um, but when I, I know I'm struggling when I have to ask somebody, what should I do next? Then I know I'm into trouble. Then, you know, I have to write more than a couple pages. <laughs> <laughs> good no that's that's good and i'm a great supporter of that idea i have piles i don't go for expensive <laughs> stuff. i have piles of these i mean i've got boxes full and the same thing i have a letter in my filing cabinet for my eldest son said when i die you go and look for all these books and put them on the bonfire <laughs> like you said. I think it's awesome you know during the during the the first period of covid when we weren't allowed to go anywhere i um I put an order in at Staples. I don't have one close to me, but it's a writing book. It's a Cambridge notebook, and uh -huh. it's about this long. Yeah. And it's got like 500 pages in it, and it's got the ring on it like that. And I love them for writing because you can flip them. And uh, I ordered 10. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can believe it. I go to Staples and buy three at a time because I use two. I use one as a journal, and I use one as a, a daily planner. Uh, so I always have two on the go and a few other books that I write in as well. <laughs> Me too. They're all over the place. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's really good. We are, we're getting on in time. So um, I'm going to go back to Kathleen. She's... So Lucy, tell us, tell our audience how they can get a hold of you. Um, you can have a look at my websites where the programs are outlined there. And that's www.forniacoaching.com. Um, I do have a spiritual website as well, and that's fournierholistichealing.com. Or you can just call me directly, 613-803-6390. Uh, but the website will give you a lot of information. Um, I have developed programs um, for people if they want to follow a little bit of a system. But I think after maybe the first or second session, people will want to just do their own thing. But the programs are there. The topics are there. Um, you can have a look at all the programs and choose the ones that, you, you know, that apply to you. 
before, Kathleen, before you yeah. finish, I've got, that's reminding me of something else I wanted to ask Lucy. Let me just get rid of this yeah. notice that's come up on my screen, telling us we have a few minutes left. We have a couple of minutes left. You just mentioned spiritual coaching, Lucy. In now, I'm I'm a I came to religion very late in life, having been away from it for many, many years. And I have a responsibility to look after a little rural church of which I am the second youngest member, despite the great. <laughs> oh, Awesome. And and churches are going through a huge um, transition, having just going back to live worship, having been on Zoom, and some are still on Zoom and some are not. But the whole thing is up in the air. So I'm starting with religion, but I'm encompassing that in the overall spiritual thing. So what's happened? That's affected the way a lot of people worship, um, become spiritual, practice spirituality, religion. What are you seeing as a spiritual coach? What's the effect of that on people? I'm thinking that people are starting, they're realizing they need to pivot. And I'll say pivot and then I'll explain that. It's because we're so accustomed to going to church, right? In a building mm -hmm. and thinking that God's in the building. And I, I remember having this discussion with my mom when she was alive and I had them numerous times because I was the only child that was quite vocal. You can imagine why. Um, and her and I would have discussions about this. And it was really like, I said, mom, you know, God's not in a church. We don't need to be in the church. I mean, the church is nice because we can congregate. But really, God's outside in my backyard, right? And so I think this is where the churches are going to start to really spread um, the word or, you know, increase their spirituality um, message by realizing it doesn't need to be in these four walls. And it's like a revelation, right? And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, and so everything we've been doing for the last six months, like we've had to pivot, but churches primarily really have to pivot because they've only had one way of doing it. And so now I, I've been looking at some of them online where the, um, the priest or I don't even know if it's a priest. Uh, I, I don't know the denomination it was, but he was giving a sermon on Zoom and I'm going, awesome. You know, you can reach so much more people. Absolutely. And this is, and this is what's been happening with the churches, right? It's like less and less people are actually walking in, right? And so yeah. in order to reach more people, then you need to open that up in different, uh, different ways. And I think this is really proving to be now is the chance sure. to do that. It's happening, happening a lot. We're just about out of time. So I'm going to go back to Kathleen to do her little bit at the end. Well, thank you so much, Lucy, for joining us today. It's always a pleasure to interview you. You're a fantastic friend, and I adore you. Thank you again, and we hope to have you again on the show down the road. Yes. Um, so, thank and thank to all of our audience for tuning in. We so appreciate you. And once again, if any of you is interested in being a guest on the show, please don't hesitate to reach out to Peter or myself. So until next time, thanks for joining us. We'll see you again. Thanks, Kathleen. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Lucy.